everyone. Yeah. I welcome you to, to today's episode of AfriNook Podcast. It's an exciting time to be with an industry professional, Alan Carolison from South Africa. He is an expert in nuclear waste and decommissioning. I'm very, very confident that you are going to get enriched on today's episode of the AfriNook Podcast. He is an expert on different aspects and South Africa is a leading country in, uh, in Africa on nuclear issues. You are sure to get very specific and country continental specific information that will be very useful to the industry. He told us that <laughs> uh, uh, the, uh, the commissioning industry or the waste management industry has more job security than even the mainstream because the waste lives several years beyond the nuclear power plant. So I would like to ask Mr. Alan to introduce himself. Mr. Alan, please. Uh, thank you, Pervaya. Uh, and thank you for the invitation to address um, uh, Africa and Nuclear, uh, the, the podcast. I'm highly privileged uh, to be on the show today. Uh, my name is Alan Carolson uh, and I'm from South Africa. I actually visited Nigeria three times wow. to advise uh, Nigeria uh, on the uh, waste management facility in Sida and wow. also to and also to review their waste management uh, plans um, and in particular uh, the waste management policy. Yeah, and um, at that site that was in 2011 and 2012, and I, bec- I has become good friends with the previous Mr. Simon Mullen. Oh, yeah, and fantastic. yes, and I know a little bit um, of the history of Nigeria. Wow, um, cool. the Nigerian Atomic Energy Commission oh. was established by Acts of 1976. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 1976. And then, yes, yes, and then also, I also as part of that meeting of the benchmarking uh, exercise, I also engaged with the Nigerian Nuclear uh, uh, Regulatory Authority. That was established by the Nuclear Safety and Radiation Protection Act of uh, Act Number Nine of 99. And I, and I also know a little bit about all the facilities that you have a uh, 30 kilowatt reactor um, at Azaria. Yeah. And then, yeah, and I also visited uh, the waste treatment facility in Seda. There's about 60 kilometers from uh, Abuja. So people will call, call your country um, Nigeria. Yeah. I call it home. Wow. Like <laughs> so, yeah. you, you've explained a very wide um, <laughs> spectrum of your knowledge um, collocation. <laughs> or maybe the, your knowledge domain about Nigeria and it's like you capture a lot of um, things like like the waste management facility in Shedda. I actually worked on that in one of my research several years ago and I'm very excited when you talked about it. The research reactor in Zaria has been there for, for some couple of years. Some, some um, downgrading has been done on the um, to make it a low enriched um, uranium source. So I'm very happy that you are very much in touch with uh, <laughs> the recent happenings in the nuclear sphere in Nigeria. That's really interesting to know. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. yeah, so I, uh, I I promise uh, Prof. Ma, um, yeah, Malam that uh, he must uh, arrange uh, citizenship for me at Nigeria so I can just come to Nigeria and assist. <laughs> wow, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. Uh, like, I'm really glad yeah. that um, uh, you are giving us this really um, real-time information and it's like you are home uh, with Nigeria. So thank you for that. <laughs> yes, yeah. Okay. yeah. Back to the question who I am. My name is Alan Carolson. 
Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm active from South Africa, and um, I have more than 25 years of um, uh, experience uh, in the nuclear industry, in particularly waste management uh, and disposal of all radioactive waste uh, classes. During the course of my uh, of my career, I I held several um, executive positions over the past 15 years, uh, of which I was the senior manager for. Radioactive Waste Management at uh, NEXA, the South African Nuclear Energy Corporation. Yeah. Uh, currently, um, I am the Chief Operating Officer for the National Radioactive Waste Disposal Institute and I have a dual role for the past uh, three and a half years. I'm also acting as Chief uh, uh, Executive uh, Officer. So, uh, as Chief Exe- uh, Executive Officer, I provide strategic, executive and transformational leadership in direction to my waste management team uh, in order to ensure that we discharge our, our mandate uh, as per our, our, our act. And the overriding uh, mandate is um, the long-term uh, management and disposal of all classes of radioactive waste on a national uh, basis. In addition to that, I'm also a member of the International Radioactive Waste uh, Technical uh, Committee uh, committee that functions under the auspices of the International Atomic um, uh, Energy, uh, the IAA. Yeah. And uh, that committee is actually a group of about 20, yeah, 20 senior experts, global experts, yeah. that is uh, that is handpicked by the director, uh, uh, yeah, director general of the IEA. Yeah. And um, the uh, uh, the goal of that um, uh, of we, we call it WATEC, the International Radioactive Voice Technical Committee. Okay. Uh, so um, the role of that com- uh, of WATEC is to provide uh, advice to the IEA and also to support the IEA uh, with regards to the implementation of programs reflecting uh, reflecting on global um, excellence and expertise in the area of radioactive waste management, uh, decommissioning uh, with particular emphasis on strategies, implementation, technologies and uh, methodologies. Wow. So, so we provide guidance in terms of best practices um, currently, of, yeah, um, there's about 183 member states um, of the IAA. So all the IAA member states came from collective wisdom in terms of um, best practices, um, in terms of the disposal and the management of radioactive waste. That's in addition to that, I'm also I'm also serving on various other uh, IAA committees like um, the International um, uh, Disposal um, Network uh, um, yeah, which is um, responsible for looking at best practices in terms of uh, the disposal of low-level waste wow. and then all, also part of um, a committee of yeah, eight members uh, that looks into the deep geological disposal of high-level waste. Wow, that's um, fantastic. Yeah. Okay. So I'm, act- I'm actively involved in uh, the, uh, the, uh, in the in the um in a global community, but my passion is to ensure that we share all back, uh, best practices with uh, um, member states of the IAA. Thank you. Thank you so much for this um, great expose. In fact, I cannot. I don't think um, um, the the one one whole um, chapter of a book. In fact, you have immense capacity and um, network of um, our people and 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 places that um, I cannot begin to uh, list. It's so immense. Uh, but I would like to actually 
bring us to some very basic things about nuclear waste you know uh, when everybody talks about waste people these days begin to talk about maybe waste from either human uh, uh, dumpings or from human activities and uh, people uh, waste is like a general issue people talk about from waste to wealth and stuff like that but when they talk about nuclear waste some people it sounds like oh that's it's like um something that pushes them away from the nuclear option or some people so some people need to know what really nuclear waste is can you please tell us what is a nuclear waste in the first place first and foremost all industries yeah, are generating uh, waste yes, all sir. right yes sir um, yeah in the case of uh, industries that uh, exploit uh, radioactive uh, material via nuclear science and, uh, and technology the consequence is that you generate radioactive waste radioactive waste is uh, is actually um, material for there is no use for and that contains um, radionuclides yeah and there are various yeah. nuclides and um, your radioactive waste um, has also a decay period. Uh, for, for example, yeah. um, if you take a, a cobalt, um, but uh, 30, okay. um, yeah, 60, it, it has a half-life of about 30 years. So normally the, the, the thump of rule is that uh, after 10 half-lives, uh, so after 300 years, the radioactivity um, of that cobalt source uh, is zero. But it still remains um, um, toxic from a chemical perspective. Yeah. All waste, yeah, uh, at the end of the day, uh, becomes chemical waste. And I don't know why people have a fear, but um, it is justifiably so because our people have memories associated with Fukushima. Yeah. They have memories associated uh, with Chernobyl. And that is why uh, where the fear factor is coming in. And I think, yeah, we um, as the nuclear um, fraternity, and in particular the youth, um, they should embark on a communication and stakeholder campaign yeah. to actually demystify all the most associated uh, associated with uh, Fantastic. radioactive. And I hope we get that done in this podcast. <laughs> yeah. I and quite... we have all the technologies yeah. to deal with our waste um, decisively. Very, very uh, great explanation from you. I quite understand how you were trying to say that even though the decay, um, the half-life of the cobalt 30, or I, I was thinking it's cobalt 60, uh, even beyond that 30 years, it still has some level of um, uh, uh, um, waste, um, do I say composition, it's still classified as a waste or it becomes a chemical waste as you explained. But uh, from my basic um, uh, uh, radioactivity uh, when I was studying, uh, the radioactivity uh, graph is an exponential graph. So it never touches, it never gets to zero. It just gets less and less and less and less. So it really corroborates with what you said. Um, I wonder, like, um, since you're an expert in waste management, I wonder if you have come to the point of establishing some major pillars of waste management so that some people who might want to take it as a business, maybe some companies that might spring up in some parts of Africa or beyond, or those that are listening to this, that might want to he- hear some expert opinion from people who are really uh, 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 having hands-on experience 
like or do you have any classification or, or anything that you might want to term the pillars of waste management because i think this waste must be managed properly in a, in a very professional way yes yeah just to talk on um, the pillars uh, of uh, of waste management uh, i just want to start yeah, from where um, the whole international community is sitting is that uh, the overarching uh, objective Yes. Uh, of uh, of radioactive waste management is to deal with radioactive waste management uh, of radioactive waste in a manner that protects human health and the environment now and in the future without imposing undue burdens on future generations. It's a very simplistic working objective, but the key focus is on the protection of human health, right? The protection that uh, the protection of the environment okay. um, intergenerational uh, equity right reason that benefits from any nuclear uh, activity uh, cannot uh, transfer the burden to the next uh, generation as so, yeah, so that you can ensure equity uh, in terms of it and also okay. there are key principles that we need to embrace um, yeah. in terms of waste management and I just want to uh, uh, say, uh, say a few of them. One of them, yeah, we call it the polluter pays principle. So um, any government yeah, need to establish the infrastructure to deal with the waste um, decisively and by making provision, financial provisions for the long term, uh, for the long term management of, um, of the waste. Normally, uh, um, the global practice is, is that Yo, the, yo, yo, um, the government normally establish a government-owned company to deal with the waste management yeah. um, of uh, uh, in the nuclear industry. The first principle is that you should have a good um, regulatory and governance framework and the responsibilities of each and every um, entity or role player must be uh, spelled out. For example, um, you need to have an independent uh, nuclear regulator. You need to create a waste management fund to ensure that um, waste generators place money into that fund for the long-term management um, um, of that waste. And secondly, you need to spell out what are the roles of, um, of the waste generator and lastly, you need to spell out what is the role of government because government normally sets uh, uh, the legislature. Yeah, they draft acts and also they, they draft the, the policy and strategy. So from that perspective, yeah, there's no right or wrong thing, but that is basically a very good and comprehensive um, uh, um, governance framework to manage all waste. Um, and um, and that was part of my recommendation in 2012 um, to, the, to the Nigeria Atomic Energy Corporation uh, in terms of setting up such structures uh, in terms of waste management. Wow. But uh, I cannot, yeah, there's no imposement. Yeah, you cannot impose it on a member state because it depends on the maturity of your nuclear program. 
the Americans here have a big program. Um, we in South Africa um, is classified as a country with a small uh, nuclear program. So yeah, there is no right or wrong in terms of um, the structures as long as you embrace uh, the governance principles. Okay. And yours. And then... <laughs> if, I, if, I, if I allow you, I think you take your time. <laughs> your experience is so adept and uh, very inexhaustible, I would say. Uh, I, 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 I really get the point you try to make about the pillars of waste management, about the consent of humans, the environment, and also the future generation. And I think uh, we can say that it's a tripod that is balanced on sustainability and the future generation. And I also quite understand the principles you are trying to talk about and how the best practices, the waste uh, uh, producers, and how they should, uh, and the government must also have uh, well-established and fund as well. And I really appreciate that um, South Africa is really taking leadership uh, in this regard. Uh, and, and little one that you, you have taken uh, the organization, you are the chief, uh, you have really taken it to um, have a very great and grand leadership in the continents for, uh, for waste management. And I sincerely appreciate you for that. So this takes me kind of to the, the next aspect because uh, most African countries have recognized the potential for nuclear and are moving towards building their first. Uh, and uh, I would want to recall before the last president of South Africa uh, left the seat, he was making a very strong push for um, uh, a new build from the Russian technology. And um, the current one going on in Eldaba in Egypt is also an attestation to the, the, the desires of Africa, the continent, to go nuclear. Uh, being a leader in, in nuclear technology, waste research and development, what do you think uh, should not be left out in terms of policy and and I know you have really stated some things and some conventions. You've been uh, a part of um, great committees and stuff like that. But some newcomer countries may not really know, but we want to hear it from the horse's mouth. And those listening to this podcast would like to know uh, the variables that must be considered in terms of policy, uh, bringing up the youth, the development, regulation, and human resource, and stuff that people coming up to this field should um, kind of uh, put into consideration. What do you think? Sir? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, as I normally say, yeah, the issue of uh, radioactive waste management, yeah, sometimes, yeah, the technologies are available. Okay. However, yeah. the biggest challenge yeah, for any radioactive or for, or for any nuclear activity is societal and political acceptance. Wow. And that's why I'm a big fan of the principle you need to be transparent open uh, with all your stakeholders. You need to empower your stakeholders with the necessary skills so that they can actually participate as uh, um, um, in the decision-making process as equal partners. In the old days, I call it a dad. You decide, announce, defend, and that guys are totally gone. <laughs> right. So um, these days, uh, we move more to the, the word mom, yeah. meet, understand, yeah, and um, uh, 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 what a dad, yeah, uh, and uh, decide on the way forward. But you need to have all stakeholders on board as equal partners and treat them with the necessary um, respect. Uh, in terms of other pillars, because if you compare um, a nuclear power plant, uh, um, normally it's about 40 years these days they are moving to 60 years yeah. but for a waste disposal facility here yeah, 
the quickest year, um, the shortest period is 300 years. Wow. So longer journey. Yeah. So yeah. So for that 300 years, you need to have a pipeline of human skills coming in because I am aging. The nuclear industry uh, is aging. So we need to have that human resource development plan ready in place so that if I leave the table, then one of the youth must actually take my seat. It is time for the youth to take ownership of um, a program that they will see out because this this generation will not see the ending of the program. It is currently the youth that will see that out. So the youth must be part and parcel of of any program and especially from a, a skills development perspective and to attract them. In addition to that, I think also just to uh, just to instill uh, confidence in the general public uh, at large, and also giving confidence to the international community. The IEA um, has various um, instruments um, like um, um, the Joint Convention on uh, on the um, safety of spent fuel and on the safety of radioactive waste management. And it's a very comprehensive uh, convention. Um, if you ratify that, I think yeah, the global world will actually welcome you, support you, because it's a very comprehensive uh, um, convention yeah. that states that you must look at your safety of your facilities. You must do periodic uh, safety assessments. Another principle is, is that you need to ensure that you have the necessary human capital uh, to actually operate that facility over its lifetime. You need to have the necessary um, policy framework and government framework in place with an independent, uh, with an independent um, um, regulator. As, and yeah, so there are various international uh, instruments that I will encourage newcomer countries to ratify, uh, and that will assist uh, them. But also, I'm putting on again my IA hat. Yeah. Um, we have, uh, yeah, we have just, for example, uh, established um, the INES, the Integrated Nuclear Infrastructure Review for Newcomers. Yeah. Uh, it has about uh, um, 19 elements. The 19th element uh, is waste management, but they look at, that is, yeah, the INER is actually an assessment of the readiness of the country to host a nuclear program. And that will give you a very, very uh, good guidance. Is this an IAEA instrument or for your organization? No, no, it's an IAEA instrument and okay. every uh, member state, and Nigeria okay. is a member of, um, um, of the IAEA. Yeah. So... They can request at any time yeah. a integrated yeah. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, the integrated nuclear infrastructure uh, uh, review, and as a member state, it is free. It is totally free. It's cool. Nice. Uh, I want to draw your attention to um, an aspect of um, radioactive waste. Uh, you may mention when I was talking with you previously about um, ownerless radioactive wastes. So some people might wonder what is ownerless, although I might be able to give an answer to it, but hearing it from an expert will sound more um, uh, kind of uh, very um, credible. So uh, can you tell us about ownerless radioactive wastes uh, and how they should be managed and uh, what does it mean? Yeah, um... 
people have a, a, a maybe a wrong view of uh, ownerless ways. Ownerless ways um, just means uh, and it don't relates to waste coming from nuclear power plant. It mainly re- relates to waste stemming from your radioactive, uh, yeah, your disused radioactive sources. Okay. For example, yeah, if you have a source. Uh, in a density meter and a bucky is hijacked and uh, the instrument is found uh, yeah. um, along the road you cannot identify so we call it your uh, orphan sources oh, orphan <laughs> sources that's an old word for it yeah that's <laughs> the word I know yeah, actually but your ownerless waste yeah <laughs> yeah but your own is normally uh, where you cannot identify the owner but you need to deal with them it will be part and parcel of your governance framework that um, any country is setting up. So every country must be ready to be a father to every radioactive waste generated in its territory. That's good. So there must be no yes, because, Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, that is a moral and ethical uh, thing to do because if I go back, it's about the protection of the environment and the protection of uh, um, of the health of the people. So yeah. they, there's a duty on government mm. to ensure that... Uh, Every citizen in this world are entitled to environment that don't contain any hazards. Okay. Yeah, I get that point. So, uh, thank you so much for that explanation. I think um, I would say that uh, you really enriched uh, this um, communication with a lot of citations and references to different um, involvements. In fact, I don't think we can actually exhaust your depth and wealth of knowledge. It's so, so, so rich and inexhaustible. But I think I will still try to hold on a bit and ask a little bit more question because I feel that you are so rich that you give more than the required answers. I wouldn't say that this is a question and answer session, but it's just um, information I'm getting from you. So I wonder, South Africa is a leader for the African continent because they've been operating in nuclear power plants for several decades now. And um, I don't know, do you have any uh, waste concerns in South Africa? I understand you have um, a, a site already, yeah, Max. Uh, uh, in Finland, they already have a well-defined um, um, disposal because uh, there are different ways of managing it, like uh, the commissioning level, there's uh, the, the safe store, and then there is the final disposal, and then there is another level of it. So uh, the interim storage, and then the safe store, and then the disposal. So I think, um, I wonder, like, um, what stage is South Africa um, in the in exploring maybe potential technologies? I, I understand the, the Onkalo site in Finland have developed um, a very um, kind of um, established technology on how to manage their waste. And in the US, they, they are still deliberating on the Yucca Mountain. So I wonder, like, uh, do we have any um, uh, kind of analog in South Africa uh, for this um, uh, kind of... Um, uh, um, situation. Yeah. Um, let us quickly put the uh, um, uh, uh, waste management uh, in perspective. There are actually three classes of um, radioactive waste. That is your low-level waste and okay. your intermediate-level waste yeah. and then your high-level waste, which is normally coming from your nuclear reactor, your, uh, your spent nuclear fuel. Right. Um, for the past 60 years, um, we are disposing, I mean, yeah, um, there are lots of examples that for the past 60 years, low-level waste have been disposed with the appropriate uh, the, <coughs> technology. For example, um, low-level waste 
represents about more than 90% of the volume of radioactive waste that is generated. Okay. So, so we are by default, we are already dealing with 90% of our radioactive waste. In South Africa, we start, we, are, we have a low-level waste repository that uh, came into operation in um, 1986. So um, it is more than 30 years that we have already. And we have constantly improved uh, on our disposal practices. Currently, the biggest challenge uh, in, is to deal with um, your high-level waste or your, your we just classify uh, and one example of your high-level waste is your spent fuel. Yeah. Um, the technologies are, are there deal with your, with your spent fuel or your high-level waste. It was just a question of public uh, acceptability, right? Yeah. And in uh, in the case of Yukon Mountain, it was federal states, yeah. Okay. So they decided it must be Nevada, and Nevada objected to it, and they have a powerful senator yeah, in the Senate of the UK and at the end of the day I personally visited uh, Yukon Mountain um, twice and it's a very very suitable site but just d- due to political interference okay. <laughs> they have rejected that site wow interesting <laughs> wow. but yeah what is very hard having is that um, that um, Finland have, have obtained a license to construct it yeah um, six months ago they have actually now obtained the license um, to excavate um, um, the disposal tunnel. And hopefully by the end of this year or early next year, they will actually uh, dispose the first high-level waste um, dispense fuel in the world. So the Finland uh, and uh, Sweden are technically uh, the leaders. But as I stated, yeah, the issue is not that we don't have technologies to deal with it. The issue is public acceptance and also the issue of getting a site, right? Um, And yeah, because people are, you know, the reason why there was no takeoff for a geology, the abbreviation, not in my backyard. Yeah, NIMBY. But these days, yeah, as part of a more oriented approach. Yeah. You include all your stakeholders and you ask for a willing hosting communities to put up your, uh, uh, their hands and you in- incentivize um, the communities. For example, uh, putting up <coughs> infrastructure, schools, um, giving discounts in terms from um, uh, a um, electricity t- t- tariff, but um, there are lots of advantages now giving to uh, willing communities to host um, a geological repository. And what we uh, as global experts are seeing is that um, that <coughs> approach of um, requesting for voluntary uh, communities to host a geological uh, repository um, is well founded and is taking off. I get that point of um, really getting the uh, neighboring community, uh, like giving them a kind of social benefits for. Uh, That's good. Yeah, you know, 
I actually recall the the kind of um, scenario uh, in South Korea where I, I was for some time. The the neighboring community sometimes they just wake up uh, out of the blues and stage some protests and say, "Hey, we need you to remove this nuclear power plant. They are obstructing our view of the sunrise and sunset." You know. So, but uh, uh, and the 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 utility has to respond to their demands actually. So uh, at every point in time. The, the people, as you said, the pillars of waste management has to consider the people, the environment, and also the future generations. So I think it's really very important for the, the utilities and those that are considering any technology for disposal or for nuclear power plant development in general must actually consider the people and also how to always meet the demands of the people as well. And I think it boils down to a, a lot of social and cultural um, uh, considerations when it comes to these aspects. And uh, I, I quite get the point you are trying to make about uh, really considering what the people will need and what they will have to go through to um, kind of keep this um, facility in their neighborhood. So, it's really important uh, to consider this aspect, and uh, I actually want to uh, take take you to another very important point um, that it, a little bit relates to you as an individual because uh, you've actually built a very um, rich career over 25 years, two decades plus, and this like the lifetime of the youth that you are talking about. And some of them might be wondering, like, okay, so this is Mr. Allen, a, a very great role model for me, and I am like trying to uh, tell the path in which he has already trod already. So, like, um, what has uh, really helped you to uh, progress to becoming who you are at this point, Mr. Allen? Some people might be interested in, like, in Africa, most especially where they have uh, very few people who are very adept in in kind of specialized knowledge um, area like yours what are, are the kind of things that, uh, that has helped you maybe resources or people or maybe mindsets i wouldn't know can you tell us something sir yeah i just want to tell you a short story of myself i grew up in a very poverty uh, stricken area wow. and i was the first uh, um, son of uh, of a family of um, of 10 to actually matriculated and went to university so for the youth out there I want to tell them that don't let your <clears throat> your, your conditions uh, define you let your decisions you know, drive you to, to, to your dream the world uh, your Nigeria is your home the world is your, is your oyster. Mm-hmm. For example, yeah, there are lots of Nigerians that occupies various um, leading roles all over the world. If you go to NASA, if you go to any country, wow. you will find a Nigerian that is performing. And the, your country have lots of role models for the youth to uh, aspire to. And the youth here, yeah, forget, forget about uh, the fires that burns around you. Uh, let the fire inside the, uh, yourself burn brighter than the fires around you so that you own your future. You have a future. And as uh, we have just um, celebrated uh, yesterday, uh, International uh, Mandela Day, 
Yeah. And as uh, Mandela said, uh, uh, said yeah, education is the biggest weapon to destroy poverty. What's the word? So the youth, yeah, you have a great future. You have lots of opportunities. And I want to encourage you to grab it. Wow, wow, wow. So everybody, every young person or young lad or young star listening to this voice, grab every opportunity coming from Mr. Allen, you know. He came from a very wonderful background and he didn't allow that to define him. Let your decision drive your dream. I really, really <laughs> sincerely and deeply appreciate your great words of wisdom and advice to our listeners and also your depth of knowledge uh, on technical issues about waste management. Uh, and I would just want to have some little, and I think uh, it's kind of inexhaustible to talk with you. I think uh, I should have you one more time because <laughs> you have so much. I, I have to be stopping you somehow, so, but you have so much to deliver, sir. And I really appreciate, like, the South African community must actually recognize the great resource they have and actually make great use of this because in Africa, I consider you, uh, like, the, a great horn, I would say, because you're a great resource. You, you aided the setting up of the facility in Nigeria and you are daily in the, the organization in South Africa. Uh, I think in Africa, we are blessed to have you, sir. Thank you so much for being who you are today, for not allowing your situation to, to, to make you maybe uh, not to be at the point you are at this point. So I really, really appreciate the time and I sincerely appreciate you especially for being who you are. I would like to hear, like, if you have maybe just one line of sentence or two as your parting word uh, for uh, today's episode. And I hope to have you more in the future because you have so much uh, depth of knowledge Maybe some specific aspect I would like to have you on in the future, but... No, yeah, thank you for that, yeah. Um, that, yeah, my passion is youth development and bringing in the youth into the uh, new industry. And that's why, um, as um, CEO, uh, I focus on the youth, um, not only from university, yeah. Okay. What uh, I'm personally doing is, for example, we have various initiatives, yeah, especially to bring in the youth, but in particular, um, women. So um, we have um, outreach uh, campaigns like take a girl tied to, uh, to work. So we will go to the poorest of the poorest school, grab um, um, 10 or 20 girls so that they can spend time uh, the whole week with our scientists, um, our <coughs> radiation protection officers, you know, our engineers, wow. so that they can actually see um, what um, all the roles uh, entails and make a decision on that. Wow, that's um, really wonderful. Also, yeah, we provide, yeah, we, yeah, we provide, yeah, we provide intern, uh, internships uh, for young graduate, uh, graduates uh, to gain experience. Um, um, and I'm proud to say, for example, that more than 30% um, um, of the workforce of the uh, organization that I'm leading yeah. um, is, um, is uh, classified as youth. And about 7% um, of our workforce are people with disabilities. So wow. uh, it's an all-integrative um, and all-inclusive process wow. uh, that we need to follow. And at the end of the day is that 
people are asking me about why a nuclear but people don't understand it's not only about nuclear power it's about the um, the exploitation of nuclear science and technology yeah to benefit the society yeah. um if we don't exploit um, nuclear technology then you will not be treated um <clears throat> as a cancer patient uh, uh, patient you, you you cannot go to a doctor for an x-ray that are all yeah, uh, uh, all nuclear applications but people are so uh fix uh, fix uh, fixated yeah. with nuclear energy as a very bad one mm-hmm. <laughs> i also so say uh, that normally that our own bodies are actually uh, radioactive because <laughs> our own bodies uh, contains uh, potassium 14 which is radioactive so yeah um uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly bananas here so you get natural activity uh, radioactivity if i fly from south africa to uh, to, to nigeria i will yeah. kill uh, radiation yeah. uh, natural radiation yeah. uh, but when we use uh, nuclear application for the generation of nuclear power that is banned by the uh, yeah, uh, radioactivity so people don't have to fear they don't have to fear it wow that's really in fact i see that you have given us this is really You talked about diversity and inclusion, you talked about the sustainability, you talked about the youth, your passion, and it's quite evident the way you talk and the way you explain things, the way you actually express your opinion and the future. Like I thank you so much for this great passion. And I would like to say that the, the youth in Africa should not really be too eager to leave this continent because when we all leave with our energies, who will, which, which strength do we use to move the continent to the next level? I quite really understand the passion with which you are talking and also see the way you are demonstrating it, not just by talking, but also actively involving the young people, bringing them to understand, to learn from your uh, organization and also the nuclear industry in general. I wonder if you can give, extend that opportunity to other parts of Africa to bring in young people to actually come and see how things are working in those industries because in most parts of Africa we don't have established nuclear industry i know in nigeria we have a reactor and some facilities that we use but we need somewhere that um, it's, it's bigger people can actually appreciate the nuclear power plant in south africa maybe on an excursion or maybe a nuclear decommissioning or waste management facility so um, if you can have that opportunity we'll be very much welcome to uh, exploit it so about already you've done great already in developing young minds And I sincerely want to thank you deeply for the time you are giving to this episode of Afrin New Podcast. It is such a rich content that nobody would want to miss. In fact, people will sure be glued to what you are saying in this episode. So I really want to thank you especially for the time you've uh, allocated to be with me on this episode of the Afrin New Podcast. Thank you so much. I cannot appreciate you enough, sir. No, f- oh, thank you, yeah. And I just want to re-emphasize that... Um, We, as an Africans, are ready to assist Nigeria uh, and any um, African Union or any SEDEC uh, um, countries yes. with the nuclear program. Yeah. And um, 
previously, yeah, we have hosted lots of um, uh, um, interns from various countries coming for six months course, so that they can see how what is uh, waste conditioning through the whole process, and also also again. That is sponsored by the IAA. We call it normally a fellowship. Okay. So, um, don't let your dreams go up into flames. Hmm. Don't tell, let people tell you that why do you venture or want to venture into a nuclear career? Even if Nigeria don't embark on a nuclear power plant, as I stated there, the world will recognize your skills and the world uh, is interconnected yeah. and we live in a global village yeah. where skills uh, are the new norm. Yeah. We have a we have a knowledge-based economy and not a, anymore a commodity uh, economy. Yeah. Um, sure. <laughs> yeah. People yeah forget that the oil industry also generates nuclear uh, a nuclear waste, but nobody is uh, yeah. Um, is up in arms about uh, the oil industry, which is very big in the uh, in the Niger uh, Delta. Yeah. But when it comes to nuclear, we have preconceived myths um, myths <laughs> about uh, we don't have the ability to deal decisively with our waste. Yeah. But we have uh, the, the the technologies are there, <clears throat> and <clears throat> um, there are lots of examples of. Um, the safe management of radioactive waste yeah. and we are now entering the last hurdle with um, the disposal of spent fuel yeah. uh, Finland uh, will, will leave yeah. and the others will follow wow. but once again I want to thank you and <clears throat> I want to encourage the youth to, en- your, to enroll for your STEM subjects, your science, te- uh, technology, engineering, math subjects. Because I've also seen you know, that, uh, for example, um, I have people doing our safety uh, assessments um, and they are doing the modeling. And at the end of the day, the banks are grabbing them now to do uh, modeling for, for the risk uh, yeah, in terms Yes, 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 yes. So, so um, if you can survive in the nuclear um, industry, yeah. any other uh, industry uh, will welcome you and they will try to poach you. Wow, that's great. Thank you so much. It's, in fact, you've really, you've done so well, like you've dealt so deep and I, since I can't actually wait to see you physically and I hope that this corona comes and goes and people are left to actually travel as um, as as usual so uh, we can actually meet face to face because i i really admire and appreciate sincerely the the time we've had together so corona please come and go so that i can meet mr alan i just received my uh, first uh, um, vaccination um, two weeks ago Okay. Uh, and in August, I will go with my second one. And hopefully, I can use that as a passport to come to Nigeria because I miss Abuja. I oh, miss the market there. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you. I can't wait to see you again. <laughs> okay, but all, right. all the best. And uh, for the youth, yeah, 
uh, take the opportunities, grab it, and make the best. And as I said, yeah, don't let your circumstances define you. Yeah. Let your decisions define you wow. and drive you to the next level. Wow. Thank you so much. I sincerely appreciate this, Anna. But, yeah. Right. But um, I'll come back and talk more about nuclear waste uh, because I think um, we need to touch on the most um, of nuclear waste also and how to um, create a more conducive environment for stable engagement. All right, I'm going to reach back to you on this because uh, I'm planning and thinking of something very um, interesting in the future and I'll sure keep you in the loop of, um, of things as it unfolds. Okay, no, that will be great. And it was really a great pleasure to, to speak to you and to the audience there. And yeah, please be sure that reach out to me and I will respond personally. All right. Thank you very, very much. Sincerely, I appreciate it. Have a nice day, sir. Okay, thank you. All right, bye-bye. Okay, yeah. you too.